Discover FX's Shogun, the official podcast, available now. Every legend begins with a story. Listen and explore episode by episode this story of war, passion, and power set in feudal Japan. Join host Emily Yoshida each week with the creators, cast, and crew in this exclusive companion podcast. They dive deep into the twists and turns of the plot, go behind the scenes, and explore the real-life history that informed the limited series based on James Clavell's best-selling novel. Search FX's Shogun wherever you listen to podcasts. Tired of spills and stains on your sofa? Wash away your worries with Anabay. Anabay, the only sofa that's machine washable inside and out, where designer quality meets budget-friendly prices. That's right, sofas from only $639. Anabay brings you a no-risk experience with pet-friendly, stain-resistant, and changeable slipcovers made with performance fabric, cloud-like comfort with high-resilience foam, and hypoallergenic featherless down that needs no fluffing. Their steel frame ensures longevity, and you can rearrange the modular pieces anytime. And here's the cherry on top, up to 60% off site-wide. It's backed by a 30-day satisfaction guarantee, so if you're not absolutely in love, send it back for a full refund. No return shipping or restocking fees. Every penny back. Join the revolution of easy, clean, stylish living with up to 60% off at anabay.com. That's A-N-A-B-E-I.com. Offers are subject to change, and certain restrictions may apply. This episode is brought to you by Ferguson. At Ferguson, your project is our priority. Whether you're building a new home or working on a remodel, Ferguson showrooms are designed to inspire. Ferguson Associates are experts. They can help with bath, kitchen, lighting projects, and just so much more. And they can help you pick out the perfect products. They can help get your orders facilitated. And they can even manage delivery coordination. They work with builders and remodelers, designers, and homeowners to make sure that every project runs smoothly. Start to finish, they're going to take care of the details so you're happy. Book your one-on-one appointment at fergusonshowrooms.com to get started. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Welcome to Stuff You Missed in History Class, a production of iHeartRadio. Hello and happy Friday. I'm Holly Fry. And I'm Tracy B. Wilson. This week, we talked about Bram Stoker, finally. We did. And (laughs) thought we had done it before, which we didn't before. We did not. Because let me tell you, I sure would have remembered that Walt Whitman stuff. Yeah. It's pretty great. is, Is there... Like a compilation of these letters. Like, are the letters easy to find and read? Because I'm fascinated. I found excerpts of them printed in various books, and different authors have used different ones. But I wanted to include, there was literally part of me that was like, can I piece together all of these letters? And maybe this episode is just a staged reading of his strange letter, and then we'll do a top and a tail on it. But that seemed weird. I love this idea. I want to read a little bit of one so you understand how uh, sort of odd they were because Mm. he did go on and on about how amazing Walt Whitman was but then like at one point he includes the following passage 
I am six feet two inches high and 12 stone weight naked and used to be 41 or 42 inches around the chest. I am ugly but strong and determined and have a large bump over my eyebrows. I have a heavy jaw and a big mouth and thick lips, sensitive nostrils, a snub nose, and straight hair. This is odd to include in a letter, yeah. in my opinion. And I, I, here's the thing. I don't, it's funny to me, but I also don't want to make fun of it because there is an earnestness to it mm-hmm. and an openness that is kind of refreshing. It's very stream of consciousness. It's just so arresting in tone to have someone speak of himself this way. It, it's very... I don't, I don't know. It's a, a strange thing. And it's it's one of those things that a lot of people use as analysis when they talk about whether or not they believe that he was possibly a latent homosexual or not. That gets into such a tricky area because I feel like I I completely understand the desire for representation and to identify people in the LGBTQIA spectrum throughout history to recognize that they have always been part of the world and and part of the things we talk about. And but in the case of Bram Stoker, I always feel a little odd about it only because I feel like he didn't know what was going on with himself. So it it always feels a little bit this is not what it is, but in my heart the thing that makes me trepidatious about it is it almost feels like when you label a child as like gifted or you know what I mean and Mm -hmm. then the kid doesn't have any say but that label gets put on them and becomes part of their identity that they have to live up to or or reckon with and in Bram Stoker's case it really does seem like he was not coping with a lot of things going on in his subconscious so there's also a difference between interpreting someone's written body of work and like having things they wrote about their own internal life right Mm Those are two different things. Um, Yes. And people can definitely read work and come to profoundly different conclusions than the author intended than when they wrote something like that. Oh, yeah. uh, So, like, that's one of the ways that it gets tricky when somebody's... When somebody doesn't have, like, a lot of introspection left behind for us to read. Well, and I think... um, And that is to say, I... I absolutely don't want to sound like I am denouncing anybody who looks at Stoker's work with the critical lens of if this is, you know, in some ways informed by his sexual orientation being one way or the other, and then kind of looking at the text and what that could mean in that way. Oh, sure. It's just that I I always feel a little bit strange when people make declarative statements and go, he was this. And I'm like, yeah, he might have been, but even he didn't know. <laughs> yeah. Well, and also one of the things that's really important is to like not assign people identities that they they did not mm-hmm. have access to in their own lives. Like that gets really tricky. Oh, yeah. It comes up on the show all the time. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know why I have, like, this almost motherly thing with Bram Stoker, where I'm like, no, no, he didn't, he didn't know. Even though he's, like, this giant man. (laughs) On the subject of Dracula, Mm -hmm. I have a similar response to Dracula as I do to the work of H.P. Lovecraft in general, which is that I enjoy adaptations of the thing quite a lot and much more than I enjoy 
reading the thing directly. And a big reason for that, with Dracula specifically, is that Bram Stoker would do this thing where he would just have these extended passages that were like a common person, in quotation marks, speaking in some kind of accented dialect. Oh, he loves He loves to do it so much. (laughs) And for me personally, it is painful to try to read it. Um, Like in some cases, it's barely comprehensible. And I remember I, I read Dracula... I might have actually read it in two different classes in college, but for sure one class in college. And I just remember slogging through these passages that were like sort of how Bram Stoker thought this like, you know, uneducated dock worker talked. And I was just like, I cannot deal with you. Why are you doing this to me? (laughs) That is 100% valid. That's not a one-for-one comparison to Lovecraft, but just the fact of, like, enjoying adaptations more than enjoying reading the thing itself is, is still true. Now, have you read any of the the supplemental work that his, I believe it is his great-grandnephew, Dacre Stoker, has written? I don't think so. Um, he has written some stuff in recent years that's, like, a um, uh, some sequel action and some other supplemental stuff. The actual text of Dracula is also a whole other thing that can be discussed in terms of its own history and what got edited out Mm -hmm. versus got included again versus, you know, republished in a slightly different way. There is um, the original version, and I, I haven't done a comparative analysis on any of this, but I was reading something that talked about how in the original version, despite... Stoker having been so meticulous about these timetables, there are timelines that don't add up. And that may have been an editor kind of being like, no, no, oh, I no, see. no, but not. And then in subsequent versions where it was um, re-edited and perhaps some of that added back in, it makes a little more sense on the timeline. Um, but I, like I said, I haven't done a comparative on that, but it's an interesting thing to consider. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> uh, as well as that whole madness with the Icelandic version. (laughs) Uh, Powers of Darkness is a very enjoyable uh, thing and great for this time of year. So, uh, yes, Bram Stoker. The other thing I wanted to mention that is interesting about him that doesn't get talked about a lot, and I didn't go very far down this particular rabbit hole, is that as he and his siblings aged, his mother, Charlotte, way ahead of the suffrage movement, kind of became a women's rights activist. Uh-huh. Uh, which is pretty interesting. The kids, she had mostly, like, homeschooled the kids up until they got to a certain point and was clearly really, really interested in in making sure that, you know, they were not a super wealthy family. They got by and they were fine. But even with her daughter, she was like, education is more important than dowry. Like, I... This wow. is what I value. Um, yeah, she's very interesting, and I would love for somebody to do a really deep dig in on her and and do like a very lengthy annotated biography. I don't know that it will ever happen. Maybe it exists, and I just never found it. Possible. Uh, but <laughs> that is our Bram Stoker discussion for the week, uh, and hopefully it was a fun addition to the October lore that we tend to cover. This week, we have an interview that I did with Dr. Catherine Sharp-Landick which was so long in the works. (laughs) I alluded to this a little bit in the episode um, way, way back when she came onto the show to talk about the women Air Force Service pilots, which that is still in the archive. 
Um, we are not bringing it back as a Saturday classic this month because this it's October, and I, I feel like we're just, we're doubling down on the October a little bit this year for the most part. <laughs> because I know for a lot of people, that's their favorite episodes of the year. Not just Holly. Definitely Holly's favorite episodes of the <sighs> year. But every October, we get so many emails from people that are like, I love the October episode so much that like, we're, we're, we're focusing the Saturdays on Halloween-y stuff too. So um, you can definitely go find those Women Air Force Service pilots' uh, interviews in the archive. They are still there. But yeah, she had mentioned Jackie Cochran shortly after that. And I I was really reluctant because I was just afraid it was going to cover too much territory that had already been covered. And number one, in the earlier episode that Jackie Cochran appears in, she's not in there for that long. It's not that much about her at all. Uh, but then number two, she was just such a character in so many ways. Like, <laughs> I don't think this came up in the interview, but there are accounts of, um, you know, some of the people who were flying with the Wasp and they would be at the airfield training and this car would drive up and Jackie Cochran would step out of it just looking so glamorous. And like, she was in a uniform, but still somehow looking <laughs> so incredibly glamorous I don't know. I just I was captivated by her whole story uh, with all of that. <laughs> the uh, the listener mail that you read in that episode about seasickness uh-huh. made me laugh, and I didn't want to derail the episode, but we haven't done it in the last several years. But I used to every Father's Day, my dad and I would go deep sea fishing. Mm-hmm. And I have talked about my dad before. He's a very no nonsense man. And his rule, I have mercifully never gotten seasick on one of those trips, even though uh, things have gotten dicey for a lot of people on board. But the thing that my dad will always say is, I don't care if you puke, but puke off the side. (laughs) 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 Because if you puke in the back, it gets churned up in the wake. And then um, it just makes me laugh so much thinking about it. Uh, Yeah. I don't, I've never been on a cruise, so I want to go on one just to see if I get seasick or not. Well, and we were gonna, but it got canceled because of yes. COVID. Um, my grandfather on my mom's side, um, who is sadly no longer with us, loved to deep sea fish so much. But he also had such terrible seasickness that he would literally set his line and then just lie there on the deck <laughs> until, until he needed to do something to attend to it. Yeah, you really can. I mean, I love deep sea fishing. For me, it's kind of one of the few times you will ever, ever see me truly relax. Oh, really? Yeah, and it's just because, one, I mean, I like being on the water, but two, when we go, you know, it's a a little charter boat, and it's like, there's no internet. No one can email me or call me. No, I have no connection to anything. So all you can do is just hang out. Yeah. And it's like, my brain just goes, all right, I I got no recourse. I may as well just yeah. chill right out. So on the when I have been on cruises, often the cruise ship, you can get an internet package. It's usually pretty expensive and very, very slow internet. And the first one that I ever went on, I paid for an internet package to be able to check in with work. And that, I don't know what, nothing I was doing was that important. <laughs> uh, and I, it took me so long to connect. Any, every time I tried to check in with work, that I was like, I wasted too much of this trip. So I was like, I'm not going to do it that way anymore. Um, And there were a couple of them where I really did totally disconnect. Like, there were people who knew how to contact the ship in case of an actual emergency, but I was not having 
any kind of email or anything like that while I was there. And it was really nice to just be like, people cannot get to me right now. And I'm going to not think about this at all. Um, And then the most recent cruise that I took was the opposite of that because (laughs) a pandemic was declared in the middle of it. And uh, I I was like, well, I'm just going to... So much for relaxing. Yeah, I had gotten a cell phone package from my my cell phone provider. I'd gotten a package for use on the cruise ship so that our pet sitter could update us every day. And I was like, well, I'm going to use all of these minutes finding out what's happening with this pandemic and being worried about whether we're going to be able to disembark from this ship, which we were indeed able to do. Anyway, we had, we talked about that whole story on that, that whole earlier episode where we talked about the fact that we're living... <laughs> through a pandemic. Still, it's October. That was in March. <laughs> I'm only laughing because I don't know what else to do. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Um, folks who have emailed us recently have asked whether we are still doing okay. Oh, yeah. We are still doing okay. <laughs> um, you and I are both very fortunate to be able to do our jobs from home and have minimal contact with other people still and like I have the double fortunateness of having already been set up to do that before we even had to because of the pandemic so uh, we hope our listeners are doing as well as possible yes indeed so if you would like to email us about this or any other podcast we're at historypodcast at iheartradio.com we're all over social media at Missed in History which is where you'll find our Facebook Twitter Pinterest and Instagram you can subscribe to our show on Apple Podcast and the iHeartRadio app and anywhere else you get your podcast. Stuff You Missed in History Class is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids like yours, and all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a Corolla built just for you. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota. Let's go places. From football playoffs to basketball madness, 
TCL Roku TVs are the best way to stream your favorite live sports. With all the biggest sports channels, a sports zone with all available games in one place, and apps like iHeartRadio with sports podcasts such as The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Cheering on your favorite team has never been easier. A big screen TCL Roku TV offers premium picture and sound quality, so you'll feel like you're right in the action. Find the perfect TCL Roku TV for you today at Amazon.com.